What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller. Oh, sorry, it's Wednesday, by the way, June 26th, 2020. I skipped that part. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the man who has played Cyberpunk 2077. Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. First of all, it's Thursday. Second of all, Greg. Wednesday, Wednesday? Fuck, God, I'm off on everything today. Uh, I really want Avengers to be good, Greg. I really want that game to be good. I wasn't on the reactions yesterday, but watching it, my heart was sinking because I want it so bad and I want it to be good, but it just, it, it's, I don't know what's missing. I don't know, I don't know what's, what's going on. I don't know why, but it just seems not there. Blessing. I love you so fucking much because of course we just saw the cyberpunk thing you've played it we just did our first your first impressions of it the live reacts it's all going up on youtube.com slash kind of funny games right now you can get the first impressions on the first impressions feed that used to be debatable uh that's all there so i thought we were going to start there and it kind of hurt my soul because i want you to know last night i did the classic thing i got here uh, day's finally over. It's been a long one. A million different things we've done. A million pieces of content. Uh, just in general, the complete emotional turmoil that is 2020. And I'm like, I want to play something. And I turned on the PlayStation, and I was like, "Fuck, I could really go for that Avengers game right now." Yeah, man. Like, like, <laughs> let's think. If it comes out and it's if it's Anthem, I don't give a fuck. I'm still gonna play. I'm I'm gonna play the mess out of that game. If it comes fucking, out and it's that's a hard thing to say right there. If, if it <laughs> that's comes a out, order you're making for yourself right there. <laughs> If it comes out and it's a six, oh man, that's gonna be the best six I've ever played in my life. Like I'm gonna play the mess out of that six. Um, not saying there's gonna be a six. I think there's potential it could be better. But what did you, your tweet yesterday was great. Your tweet when we were live and we were reacting, you're like, I've never been this excited for a game that looks this clunky. Or was that roughly it? Yeah, the game that looks this rough. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm right there with yeah. you, where you watch it and you watch the gameplay and you're like, it seems like you're just smashing shit in third person as Thor. And then you get into the trees and the powers and the combos and how they work together and how you can do these team up moves and like how, you know, you're getting your different pieces of armor. And I'm like, I'm also the guy who spent what, 130 hours in Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Like if this is just a next gen or whatever you want to call it, a big boy console uh, version of that. And I'm also playing with my friends and I'm also earning new loot and going on quests to get outfits and do different. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to play the shit out of this. And I'm right there with you. Of like, is it going to be a seven? Is it going to be a six? I don't know. But I still, like, I look at that. I'm like, I'm, I'm the fucking guy who like Marvel heroes. Like, I'm like, yeah, I will do that. I will yeah. go earn whatever costume you're willing to give me. And that's my thing too. Like my, my follow-up tweet to that tweet yesterday was that like, it seems for me, this game seems like it's very much going for destiny. It very much wants, it very much wants to be a destiny type experience in terms yeah. of how it is a service-based thing in terms of when you unlock uh, you you unlock wearable stuff or you unlock uh, new abilities or, and do all that stuff and equip them and, and, and do whatever you want with them. The thing that Destiny had going for it was the fact that Destiny is an excellent first-person shooter. Destiny mm. is fun to play. Destiny has great PvP. Destiny, like, Destiny is, has this great medium of being this, this service-based experience that is uh, something you, you can play forever, something that, that continue, continues to get updated, something you can play with your friends, but then something that also, like, just plays extraordinarily well in terms yeah. of the action of it. And Marvel's Avengers seems like it is missing that. Like, it seems like it's missing from what, from what we can see. Like, you know, of course, when we play it, we'll play it and we'll be able to actually like fully make these. Sure. Opinions. But here's my, here's like my count- that action. Yeah, I want to bring in a question because it's related to what we're talking about. So we might as well get it in blood wolf reaper writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can. It says now that we've seen even more of what to expect from Avengers. Do you think this game will release to similar or more fanfare as destiny one did? 
Or due to the highly saturated games as a service market, will this game only do well among the Marvel community? Either way, I'm hype. What do you guys think? Thanks, guys. Here's my, before we even dive all the way in on that, Bless, my question for you would be, when you were watching Destiny, or even when you watch Destiny in general, does that gameplay ring, as a viewer, ring through as a fun experience? Because it is like, you running, is you shooting, you're shooting the you know white milk pods on the robots and then shooting them in the fucking head and all this jazz. And there's supers and I know all that crap. But it is that thing of watching the Avengers gameplay. I was like, all right, so I'm just smashing a button and Thor's wailing away with his hammer and sometimes he throws it. Then to get into the nitty gritty of here's what the moves you're unlocking. Here's how they, you know, they are. There's this AOE and you can, you can, once you unlock it, level that up and do different things with it. And then the way you work together, it was like, Maybe there's more going on that I won't know until I'm actually at the sticks. Yeah, and maybe that's the thing. I, I when you ask that question, you're talking about Destiny, like pre-release of Destiny One, like seeing the gameplay and how and how we feel yeah. about how we felt about it then. Because for me, I think the I think the the big thing, at least for me, seeing the trailers for Destiny. And granted, I wasn't sold on Destiny until Destiny Two. Like Destiny Two is when I jumped in and absolutely loved um, that 80 hours I played of it and during that first month and then bounced off. Um, <laughs> but I think that the, the thing that felt like it resonated was the idea and proposition of it, because it was early on in that type of games as a service kind yeah. of game where they talked about having a 10 year plan and also like Bungie coming off of Halo. People had hype for that. And, um, I think for me, the thing that I, I kind of latched onto was the idea of, oh yeah, this gives me some Borderlands vibes, but even bigger than that, right. In terms of being able to have, be, being able to unlock a new weapon and I, I remember them talking a lot about the stories that come with the weapons that you're that you're unlocking um being able to have that type of what you'd expect to be at that time a, a polished first person shooter experience alongside yeah. that that mmo like experience i think felt like a great great proposition in the same way that for me i i look at gta online as that kind of quintessential experience for me, right? As somebody who who loves GTA, like it's all, it's almost like a, a better analog to this Marvel Marvel thing because I've loved GTA since the PS2 games, and since like since since San Andreas, which was you know one of my favorite games ever, which still is one of my favorite games ever. I remember I remember having the thought of man, if I could get this game, but like have the graphics be better and have it run better, and then also like I don't know, man, have some multiplayer online aspect to it that yeah, yeah. like felt like an MMO, that'd be perfect. And then I got that, and it's like, huh. Yeah, like this. This is great. This is a great experience. If that translates well to what Destiny is going to be in the future, then yeah, awesome. Um, Marvel's Avengers coming coming full circle back to it in terms of its appeal to the Marvel audience and then the gaming audience and then an audience as a whole. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like if the game comes out and it isn't as fun, I I still expect that I'm going to play it for yeah. quite. I'll probably play it for at least like seven hours still. You know, if not more than that. If if it doesn't like, if if it ends up having a loop there that that does attract me in, maybe I'll I'll, I'll stick with it more. But I think here to Blood Wolf's yeah. question, what you're on, right? Like, do you think it'll release to similar or more fanfare as Destiny One? I think it's going to release to less. And I think that's just in the cards of us watching it right now and people being like, oh, it doesn't look that good. They, it kind of looks like, a, you know, Tim's always like, the UI looks like a mobile game and these are base Avengers and they're not exactly what you know. I think there's a lot to what we talked about yesterday in the reaction of, I think they're the base Avengers so they can get you in and you can see something you recognize and then start in, improving them, changing them, get different costumes that you want and then go after a not 
D-list villain, but like Modoc isn't somebody you see in the Marvel movies, right? In terms of yeah, really doing Thanos. shit. So, but all that said, I still think that it's Avengers. It's Marvel. You're coming off. If we're talking about Marvel games, you're coming off of like Ultimate Alliance and Spider Man, which I think were both stellar fucking games, right? Spider Man for sure. Ultimate Alliance, arguable, depending on what you're looking for that experience. This one coming out, if it comes out and think of the everything we always say about a game as a service, right? Is it going to be content bare? Is it is it going to you know be over to experience? Is it going to be that when you get to the end game they've designed there's not enough at launch for you to actually be there? That's all stuff that I think did happen with Destiny One. Correct me if I'm wrong because I I yeah. played Destiny One, but it, I wasn't super into the vanilla version. Um, but Destiny One had fewer expectations because it was a new IP and it was a new thing and it was this you know what the seven year plan was what was leaked to IGN originally ten year plan leaked to IGN originally, yeah. which was this at the time a very different stance for a console game from Bungie. You know the people who made halo so i think now you have this thing that is a game from crystal dynamics i like crystal dynamic games a lot however this is not the traditional crystal dynamics game so how does that factor into it i like marvel games a lot this is uh you know a different thing for them like i'm with you that i think it's going to come out and whether it's I'm not asking. I don't. I'm not expecting a nine. I'm not expecting a ten. I'm expecting to be. Oh, this is fun to run around and bash shit yeah. in. Like, fuck I these really hope up. it's an eight. Exactly. Oh yeah. Exactly. And I'm gonna, you know, level up my Iron Man or my Captain America or whatever. Am, am I so into the gameplay I'm going through and doing multiple characters? A big part of it is you're in it. We need two other people who are going to be in it with us, right? That we want to play with every night and do all the stuff. But I feel like it's going to be a game that. I'll get really into at the start, do all the stuff in, I, I'm talking out of turn, but maybe platinum it if it's like that that interesting. And then I imagine it'll be one of those, yeah, I, I put down depending on their content release schedule. And then they've already talked about, you know, free heroes, free DLC. Like you imagine they have a multi-year plan and if they're dropping that content and actually improving the game as they inevitably will, right? I mean, look at Destiny, Borderlands, uh, The Division, Rainbow Six, like everybody is like, oh, now it's good. Or there's there's a huge title update that's changing this and fixing that and doing that. I think you're going to see a lot of people come into it, play it, have it not meet their expectations just by the very nature of it being an Avengers game and being online and nobody knowing exactly what that is. And then hopefully down the road, they improve on it and you have a community that is hardcore for it and is there doing it. Yeah, I think... Uh, of I course, think that- well, I just unplugged myself, so I have to keep talking. Otherwise, I won't be able to hear you. Uh, of course, uh, I hope that I'm you know wrong, and I hope it comes out, and it is an eight, it is a nine, it is everything I want it to be right at launch. But I'm, yeah, I'm and interested. I, I think to the fanfare thing, if this if this game comes out, and I'm not saying it will be, and I and I really hope it's not, but if it comes out and it is and it is a Fallout seventy six or an Anthem, I think even with that, there is still enough. I it there's something about it being Marvel's Avengers that I think it will still have longer legs than a Fallout 76 or an Anthem. I don't think you can stumble that hard. I don't think it can stumble that hard. I think it can come out and be a 6-7 and be like, all right, cool. It's fun enough to bash things around, but it gets repetitive. And, you know, by the end, you only have one character who's leveled up or whatever the hell it's going to be, right? None of the gear matters. I don't know what the fuck it would be. But I think you can get that, that thing. But I think if you come out and you're like, yo, it's Anthem bad and there's these huge loads between things and it's like there's nothing going on and everything they like the like you think of it this way too. I think this is an interesting thing we don't talk a lot about is like obviously it's Marvel, obviously it's Square Enix, obviously it's Crystal Dynamics, right? There's money there. But the fact that they did bring in like it's Nolan and it's Laura and it's Troy and it's Travis, like they have a fucking stellar cast. Yeah, they have a squad. So for me, it's going to be if we get that game and we play it and we're like, the story mode is two hours and it sucks. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, why did you have these people? Cause you know, like 
I love talking to Troy about it because when you talk to Troy about it, people are like, oh yeah, and you're Hulk and Avengers. And they'll be like, I'm Bruce Banner. He's like, there's a very, there's a difference. I am not the Hulk. I am Bruce Banner. And it's how he plays that character and how he envisions what he does. And like, there is another guy doing the Hulk animations and screaming, I think. So it is like this, you're talking to them and they're treating it the same way they treat all the, you know, major IP characters they play as and other things too. So I hope, 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 hope. I hope it's more than Marvel Ultimate Alliance where, it, you know, like whatever, turn it, turn off the sound and just me and Barrett go to a bar and pound on people like we did. Like, I hope it's fucking in, in the game to be clear in the game. We didn't. <laughs> oh, go yeah. to so we, go, we don't we don't go to bars and just pound on people in the bars. Sorry, no, we went to the bar and we would play Ultimate Alliance and pound on the bad guys in the game. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm hopeful. And it is that thing like watching it yesterday. I'm like, as long as that doesn't play like trash. As long as it doesn't run like trash, I'm in. And I'm right there with yeah. you. Like that you look at it and you're like, all right, cool. Yeah, this could be an eight. This could be a six. But I'm interested in seeing that story through. I'm interested in unlocking the cool Iron Man suits and seeing whatever else I can get. I'm interested in three months after the fact, they are dropping this character and these suits and this episodic DLC or whatever the hell it's going to be. Sure. Fuck yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, speaking of let's go, let's go into the show. Uh we're going to talk about what optimized for Series X means for Xbox, swimming in Animal Crossing, and do video games have to be fun? Because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. You can give us your questions, comments, concerns, everything out of the video game, son. Plus, you can get the show ad-free and with the exclusive post show we do each and every day. And guess what? You'd even get an exclusive show over there called Bless Up. We're blessing talk straight to you and answers your questions and hangs out. Yeah. It's great. It's fun. Uh, however, if you have no bucks to toss our way, we completely understand. You can get the show on youtube.com slash kind. Oh, actually, you can watch live twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. If we get something wrong, you have to go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. Uh, nanobiologist says one of the things we, he's clarifying, I don't think I screwed this up. It was a 10 year plan, Greg. Fun fact for Destiny uh, they said your progress would carry over from Destiny 1 to Destiny 2, but only the silver purchases carried over. And he's citing an IGN 2014 article. Um, however, if you don't watch live, no big deal. You can watch on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe each and every weekday. Uh, housekeeping for you The Last of Us Part 2 spoiler cast with co-writer and director Neil Druckmann with Ellie herself, Ashley Johnson, with Joel himself, Troy Baker, is up right now on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and podcast services around the globe under a Gamescast uh, subscription service wherever you get the Gamecast. Um, worth pointing out, of course, it's a spoiler cast. Don't watch it until you uh, beat The Last of Us Part 2. Worth pointing out, it's one of the best podcasts I've ever been a part of. And I've been doing this full-time for 13 years, and it is incredible to hear these people talk um, about this game, uh, I wanted, I can't compliment uh, Troy, Ashley, and Neil for their openness and honesty enough. Uh, where I thought there was things like I was like, I'm not even going to bother asking about that because I don't want to put them in a weird position. And they brought that up and started those conversations, whether it be about the leaks, whether it be about the harassment, whether it be about you know the reaction of people saying uh, what they think of the story of their characters and all that jazz. Like It's a truly eye-opening conversation, I think, in terms of how that game was made, how much it means to them, and I would really, really, really appreciate it that when the time is right for you, you go and watch it and give them some love for doing it. And also, hey, one of the other things I think, you know, I try to let you guys in behind the curtain all the time. 
shout out to PlayStation PR. PlayStation PR was on that uh, podcast muted the entire time in case something got out of control or if I went into a direction they didn't want or, you know, their employee Neil went into a direction they didn't want. And they never cut anything out of that episode. They were like totally fine with anything. And there are not questionable things, but I mean, like there are reactions to everything that has happened so far with The Last of Us Part 2, both in the game and outside of the game and where it's going and what where it could be going in the future. I digress. Uh, also, as I already said, uh, Blessing Eddie Aouye Jr. has played Cyberpunk 2077. You can get his first impressions of Cyberpunk in a conversation over on YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyGames. Uh, we also have our live reaction to the event as well. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Mohammed Mohammed, a.k.a. Momo. Uh, Connor Nolan, a.k.a. Connor Dow, and Blackjack. Today, we're brought to you by Purple Mattress, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Three items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. Barry, here's what I want you to know, right? You sound fantastic. Thank Earlier, you. there was a little bit more of like gain to it, I think, or something, where it was a little not cr- it was like crackly, a little bit loud, you know. But you sound you sound. I'm, I mean, I'm a little farther say, away from it. The gain is you the, can, the same, so you could read me the yellow pages right now. You sound silky smooth. I so love it. the the number of this uh, this business <laughs> is five three zero. I'm a millennial. What are the yellow pages? I hate you. I'm joking. I know what they are. <laughs> number one, do you know that one time I've told the story on podcast before, so you might. Uh, do you know one time when I was a kid and I, we had AOL, uh, I was super excited when the, we were getting the internet yellow pages delivered and I thought we would be in it. I thought my screen name would be in it. Like I thought it would be literally a listing of everyone on the oh, internet. And it funny. was just like a bundle of ads for websites you could go to. I was like, oh, this fucking sucks. Funny. They lied to me. Anyways, number one, what does optimized for Series X mean? This is Will Tuttle, a uh, friend of the show, formerly of, uh, well, he was... Team Xbox, when IGN had a whole bunch of different people and we worked in the same building. I digress. Will Tuttle, now of Xbox, writes, Optimized for Xbox Series X is the indicator for games that take advantage of the full power of Xbox Series X. Since Xbox Series X offers developers unparalleled power and speed, this empowers them to create the experiences they want and embrace a range of features and capabilities based on what is best for their individual titles. When you hear a game has been optimized for Xbox Series X, you'll know that the developer has either natively designed or fully rebuilt their game to take advantage of the unique capabilities of our most powerful console ever. Games featuring the optimized for Xbox Series X badge can showcase anything from virtually eliminating load times via the Xbox Velocity architecture, heightened visuals and hardware-accelerated direct X-ray tracing powered by our custom next-generation GPU, to steadier Uh, and often higher frame rates up to 120 frames per second. Titles displaying the optimized for Xbox Series X badge can include uh, brand new games built natively for the Xbox Series X, such as Halo Infinite, or previously released titles in which a developer has enhanced their title using the Xbox Series X development environment to dramatically leverage the power and features Xbox Series X has to offer, like Gears 5. Let's take a closer look at uh, what you'll be getting when you're playing a game that's optimized for Series X. Blessing, are you following so far? Yes, yes, I am. This is a long one, and here's where we get into the you know the gobbledygook here of where it's I'm like, like oh, I'm like scared because I feel like at some point smart delivery is going to come up and this is going to turn into a no, thing. no. There's no smart delivery in this. Smart delivery is taken care of. This is just where what we is- get into the real techno mumbo jumbo that I don't understand. You know what I'm talking All about right. over here. All Let's right? do it. Here we go. Groundbreaking visual fidelity immerses you in your games. Powered by DirectX 12 Ultimate and with support for hardware-accelerated DirectX ray tracing, a 
first for consoles. Uh, select games will produce more dynamic, realistic environments. Direct X ray tracing means that you'll see true to life lighting, accurate reflections, and hear 3D spatially accurate acoustics in real time as you explore the game world. Ultimately, direct X ray tracing enables developers to create more physically accurate worlds. All right, you got that one? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Next generation frame rates offer the pinnacle of precision. Games that have been optimized for Xbox Series X use the power of the new console to deliver higher, steadier frame rates with a performance target of 60 frames per second at 4K resolution. Some games will even be able to support frame rates of up to 120 frames per second or variable refresh rates, allowing developers to offer players heightened realism and more precise controls for fast-paced action. We also talked to technical director at Codemasters, uh, David Springate, uh, about optimizing Dirt 5 for Xbox Series X to give you a better feel for how increased frame rates could improve next-gen games. Quote, Dirt 5 is a fast, action-packed, amplified, off-road racing game, and being able to play it with 120 frames per second options on the Xbox Series X is incredible. The power of the Series X means that the game looks stunning at 60 frames per second, and we're also able to offer amazingly smooth, responsive gameplay at 120 frames per second while still looking gorgeous. Racing fans know frame rate is king, and Dirt 5 will deliver on this. Players will experience the strongest sense of speed and responsiveness at the highest frame rate. It's such a great, smooth experience. It hadn't experienced... Ah, I'm sorry. I hadn't experienced another racer like it. Again, that's David Springate over at Codemasters. Then, their final bullet point here. Faster load times will get you gaming more quickly than ever. Optimize for Series X isn't just about gorgeous visuals and better frame rates. It's also about virtually eliminating in-game load times thanks to our Xbox Velocity Architecture technology. XVA combines a custom solid-state drive, custom hardware, and integrated software to greatly decrease load times both in and out of games, meaning gamers will be, be able to spend more time playing and less time waiting. As an example, for titles that have large open-world environments, these experiences will feel even more dynamic as developers will be able to leverage the massive increase in processing power and the ability to stream assets in extremely quickly in ex oh stream assets in extremely quickly uh, to not break immersion. Developers will also be able to effectively eliminate loading times between levels and create fast travel systems that are just that fast. Wondering which games are optimized for Xbox Series X? Below you'll find a list of confirmed games that are using or that are optimized for Xbox Series X to date. As the list grows in the weeks and months leading up to the Xbox Series X launch, we'll keep you updated to reflect any additions. Right now, the bless, right now, bless, the list stands as Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Bright Memory Infinite, Call of the Sea, Chivalry 2, Chorus, Cyberpunk 2077, Destiny 2, Dirt 5, FIFA 21, Gears 5, Halo Infinite, Hitman 3, uh, Madden NFL 21, Marvel's Avengers, Outriders, Scarlet Nexus, Scorn, the Second Extinction, I'm sorry, Second Extinction, The Ascent, The Medium, Vampire, The Masquerade, Bloodlines 2, and Yakuza, Like a Dragon. Back to Will. Uh, we hope this gave you a better idea of what it means when you purchase a game that's been optimized for Xbox Series X, which ensure that the player is at the center of the gaming experience. We'll be sharing more on optimized for Xbox Series X and adding titles to the list above in the coming months. Bless. I want to thank you for letting me rant and rave and read this very long thing. But I wanted to get in because obviously we've heard so much about optimized, right, for Series X. Mm -hmm. What does that actually mean? I thought it was cool for them to list it. It's the normal thing where this is what you'd think, right? But did anything surprise you as I read through this? I'm, I mean, surprised, no. I'm interested in 
why exactly these are the bullet points because i th i mean i think these are all cool things right like yeah. visual visual fidelity i think is to be expected ray tracing i i guess i understand why they point out ray tracing is it, that's the thing that we don't really get um at least fully fledged on consoles nowadays sure. uh the frame rate stuff you know is cool i think that's the thing that's that's easily understood by people who play games we know what frame rate is we know how, we know how better frame rate changes the game um, the fast, faster loading times thing, I think, is also cool. I think, of the, course, because and PlayStation has done that such a great job of like hanging their hat on that, right? Of like, yeah. look at Spider Man. Look, at, we're and we're rendering out so far away, and there's no need for fast travel anymore. Yeah, I, I think for me, this is all interesting because I guess when I think of a game that is an Xbox Series X game or a game that is. I guess, and I, I get this might be the difference between optimized for Xbox Series X and made uh -huh. for Xbox Series X. Because for me, when I think of next gen, I think of things that even go beyond these bullet points that they're giving me, right? Like the thing that I reference all the time is Mark Cerny's talk where he talks about how like uh, game designers will be able to make levels that are that are more open and that look different uh, because loading doesn't have to come into play. And they they kind of mention that here where they talk about the solid state drive and they talk about the the, the faster faster loading screens. For me, what I'm looking forward to. From from next gen more so than the the visual fidelity stuff and even the, the the technical stuff is how that changes, I guess how games are made. Like sure. you know, it, are there going to be dynamically different experiences on Xbox Series X than on Xbox One in terms of what I can expect from even something like uh, like like genre or like mechanics? Like what 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 does that look like? And Granted, that's not really a thing you can really message in a in a press release like this, and there has to be bullet points that they point to. And so, I guess I, I guess from that standpoint, I understand uh, these bullet points. But for me, for me, for the most part, this is all stuff that we already know. This is all stuff that I think we've already kind of gotten the the spiel about from both PlayStation and Xbox. Um, either way, you know, I'm I'm super excited about this. I'm su I'm I'm I guess I'm more I'm I'm even more so excited, mostly excited about how games that are coming out on both current gen and next gen are going to be able to benefit in 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 these exact ways like the idea of being able to play uh, like cyberpunk is actually a great example as somebody who 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 just i did i just did my preview on cyberpunk right mm -hmm. um the idea that that game's not gonna have as many load screens like that's a cool thing to me because i know in in the preview build that i played and this course is gonna all change by the time the game actually comes out like whenever i died in that game i would ha have to go through a load screen um if loading is instant you know i think that's 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 a cool benefit that game with ray tracing that's going to be incredible like you know that game you know with higher frame rate that's gonna be that's gonna be awesome in fact some of these things that they're that they're saying here is making me think like man should I wait until the Xbox Series X to play a game like Cyberpunk? Um, if these games are going to be well, I mean, knock on wood, right? Cyberpunk's coming out on the release date or four or whatever. Hopefully, but I think they oh, mentioned you mean, before you that. Mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they mentioned before somewhere along the line that the optimized for Series Series X version isn't going to be available at the yes, launch. Yes, the PlayStation, that. the 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 smart delivery version of Cyberpunk twenty seven, yeah, won't be available at launch. But it's taking it's taking advantage of optimized for Series X, so it'll be optimized at launch, right? Oh, or are we getting into it, right? Because I because I think because I I think that's the difference is that I imagine the smart delivery version is the optimized for Series X ver version. Unless I'm wrong, that might be a kind of funny.com slash you're wrong thing. But also on the other hand, I'm, I mean, they've talked about boosting, or at least PlayStation's talked about boosting. I, mean, I can't remember all of what Xbox has said, said about it, but you imagine that there are some ways in which 
the current gen versions of games are going to be boosted through backwards compatibility. And I'm yeah. not sure what that then, how that then reflects against optimized for Series X. Corey Cudney said you had it right, so you're fine. If Corey Cudney okay. said that, yeah. Right. Now, so only oh, okay, no, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. Do we're it. Do, like, do, <laughs> do, 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 do any of these bullet points that they talk about? Do, do any of those excite you? Sure. I mean, for me personally, uh, what I like a lot about this is that the, it's what you're talking about is that they're spelling it out right now in a way we understand based on the games we play right now. And you, you're talking about like, well, and it's hard to spell this out, obviously, in, in a conversation or in a bullet point fashion. But I'm more interested to see when we're into this generation, when you are just making Xbox Series X games and you're making PlayStation 5 games, what those natively look like and what those games mm-hmm. actually feel like. Because it's what you're talking about right now of like when you usually see, you know, a character touch the wall and shimmy down in between things, that's usually done to hide you loading the level that you're about to walk into or the next giant part of the level you're about to walk into. And so when those little tropes and tricks get taken out, what do games look like and how do you run through all that stuff? Yeah, like I'm curious to see in the way that this gen we've gotten games like God of War, uh, and that's a game that I, I couldn't see being made last gen because of the way because of the way that 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 world feels not only not only high fidelity but just feels open and big and just technically marvelous in a way that I don't you wouldn't be able to pull off on the PS3, right? And the way that this gen we got in a game like that or a game. Uh, like destiny which takes advantage of where where internet like where networks are at now um and like the pa- the power of the current gen systems even though i'm i guess there is a a, a previous version uh, a previous gen version of destiny um but even still like as as generations have gone with video games we've seen games change and and form based on where we're at in the space and i'm curious like six years from now what are what are the changes that we're seeing in video games that are even more impressive than things just like ray tracing or things like higher FPS? Yes. Here's what we're going to do. And we're going to move on. Mm-hmm. We're just going to say it and we're going to be done with it, all right? Everybody oh, no. Go what watch are, what are you going to say? What are you going to say about smart delivery? What's it going to be? Nanobiologist says, no. and you're wrong. During the press event today, Holly said the next gen upgrades would be available at the time of the console launch. I was writing down my notes on that nano. And I found it confusing because she literally said it is coming to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X later, but it launched. I thought she said we're going to have a patch for it, to, which I think is this optimized business. But I don't know. You're free to go over there r- real quick and listen. What I will say is that Matt Cabot IGN still has it listed on his everything we know from Night City thing. Cyberpunk 2077 will be released November 19th on the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC. An enhanced version will be released later for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. Again, I know she said, I know exactly what you're talking about. I wrote down the note and put a question mark next to it. I think so, she was saying that there's going to be some kind of patch for it available at launch, but I don't know. Yes. I so don't think what I'm saying is that is not the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X version they've been talking about. Yeah. And I, I guess the confusion here is when they say optimize for Xbox Series X, for, Cyber, for Cyberpunk specifically, are we talking about that PS5, Xbox One, or PS5, Xbox Series X enhanced version? Or are we talking about that patch that they're talking about that we're going to get at launch with the PS4? So just to be clear, because I'm 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 a little confused here. So th- these two separate <laughs> things that we're talking about are the first one being just the game being playable on uh on that hardware, right? And then the second thing <laughs> with a patch is, is an update that'll like actually utilize that hardware to make it um 
even play better or uh, even prettier specifically for the next generation consoles, right? It's all you got. <laughs> Sean Wimby Wimbish writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games says good morning kind of funny games daily crew in a recent interview with GameSpot Phil Spencer said he felt good after watching the PlayStation 5 reveal specifically when it comes to tech advantages he well, cut off a little bit uh, went even further to say he felt really good about the launch lineup for the Series X in comparison to PS5's could his confidence give us hope that we will see more first-party titles from Microsoft at launch than we will see on PlayStation? Or could he be more confident in the quality of games that we'll have at launch? Either way, if they show Fable 4, I'm sold. Hope to hear your thoughts, and thank you for all you do. Uh, Sean, uh, real quick, Sean, to then bring it in. The, the part from the GameSpot article reads like this. Spencer says he felt good, in quotes, after watching the PlayStation 5 event because he thinks Microsoft's own Xbox Series X stacks up well against Sony's machine. Quote, just being honest, I felt good after seeing their show, Spencer said. I think the hardware advantages that we have built are going to show up as we're talking more about our games and frame rates and other things, end quote. Spencer went on to say that he, quote, feels really good about the Xbox Series X launch lineup, especially after watching Sony's show where it was announced, where it announced, I'm sorry, uh, titles like Horizon Forbidden West, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, and Gran Turismo 7, among others. Quote, so I thought they did a good job, Spencer said, of PlayStation 5's showing. I thought uh, they do what they do very well, and they did that. But when I think about the position that we're in with the games that we're going to be able to show and how they're going to show up and the hardware advantage that we have, I think we're in a very good position. Blessing, what do you take out of this? I don't know, man. Phil Sp- <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I take it as as Phil Spencer being the head of Xbox and being co- being confident in their lineup as he should be, right? Especially like, especially if that lineup is something that he feels like is strong. Um, Halo Halo Infinite is going to be there at launch, and that's going to be a, a juggernaut uh, of a game, right? Like whether or not that comes out and it is uh, Halo Five again, or if it comes out and it really does like redefine what Halo is and brings brings Halo back. Uh, into the mainstream consciousness in a way that is bigger than ever before that we'll we'll wait and see but either way that's gonna be a big game for the launch uh i assume that they'll probably have a couple more of their xbox studios games there you know maybe yeah. one one or two more um whether that is i do expect forza you know to be there sure so that that's one maybe they'll have maybe one other one i don't know if it'd fable. be fable or like it better be fable something something along those lines but i think that combined with third-party stuff combined with you imagine game pass and uh backwards backwards compatible stuff that will be either optimized or will have a boosting patch for xbox series x i think between i think i think between all of that both consoles ps5 and xbox series x are gonna have pretty good launches especially like with what we know already about what third party is working on yeah i think my takeaway from this wouldn't be that they're going to have more first-party stuff or something to that effect, even though I guess that could be. I think it's that he thinks their library is stronger than the PlayStation library we saw in terms of launch lineups. I guess the launch lineup for Xbox Series X is stronger than that, let alone the hardware stuff that we're already kind of talking about here when we're talking about being optimized and what that means. And granted, PlayStation's talked about loads and yada, yada, yada. And it's going to be, we're all going to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth till Digital digital Foundry sits down with Assassin's Creed Valhalla on both of them. And it's like, here's how it actually shows. But what it does get me interested for is, yeah, what does, you know, 
Phil's team have up their sleeve when they did this, hey, Xbox Game Studios here is we've expanded this first party lineup. What does that look like? What does the launch look like? What, how many are you going to have ready to go out the gate, right? Because that's the big thing when we talk about uh, PlayStation 5, right? In terms of a launch lineup and a big ticket yeah. item, right? It's Spider-Man Miles Morales, right? But Spider-Man Miles Morales is a more like Uncharted Lost Legacy kind of thing. So is it going to be that, you know, Halo Infinite, if they deliver that and it is what everybody wants it to be, is that just a game changer right there in terms of getting you on board, let alone if you then have a bunch of stuff from uh, the initiative or, uh, you know, they're, I think when they showed the new Hellblade, right, they said that was a ways out, right? Do you remember what Yeah, so like that won't be there probably in terms of... It would not be a launch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I do have is a question, though. Blessing. It comes from I am the game thirteen on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Good morning, Greg and Blessing. With the teaser dropping for Halo Infinite yesterday, I've seen one question slash thought brought up surrounding it over and over again. Is Halo Infinite the most important game in Xbox history? It's being touted as the flagship launch title for the Xbox Series X, a console that is entering a new generation coming off a bad beating at the hands of Sony, parentheses, at least as far as units sold of the two consoles. Halo has always been the definitive number one Xbox franchise. If it is a commercial and critical disappointment, can it take the whole console down with it? Or can Halo Infinite be Breath of the Wild and be such an amazing exclusive that it single-handedly wills the launch of the console to great success? Blessing, is Halo Infinite the most important game in Xbox history? No, because Halo is the most important game in Xbox history. Got but I think, I, I think there is an argument that Halo Infinite is the most important game uh, for Xbox within the last, like, eight years, maybe. I, sure. I, think, you, I, I think you can make that argument. Uh, to quote Greg Miller talking about Batman v Superman, I don't think there is any way that Halo Infinite can be bad. Like I don't, I don't. If that game comes out and it is bad, then that is a very bad look for what if it's Xbox a disappointment? Series X. Like, are, are you I, saying there's no way it's going to be like a three out of ten? Or are you saying there's no way it's going to be a six or a seven out of ten? Like, no way it can be like a like a a, a six or even a seven. Like, I, I a seven, I, I I don't think is dire. But it, if Halo Infinite comes out and it is a Let's compare it to like Fallout 76, which sure. is, I guess, like now my bar for games that come out and disappoint. Fallout 76 or Anthem, which are games that got six out of tens from IGN, right? Didn't, I, thought got, I thought they got it harder than that, didn't they? Well, I think man. one got a five, one got a six. Okay, okay. I digress. Yeah, I forget which is which. But for games that came out and, you know, IGN got were, a five for Fallout. IGN got, got a five, and then Anthem, I think, is probably a six. That probably makes sense, actually. Let's see. Yeah, 6.5 out of 10. Boom. Look at that. 6.5. That's actually more than I thought. Um, it might have been an update. I, I, it doesn't say if it's like, you know, one of the updated ones. Or I think it would but if yeah, it, like, it was specifically an updated review. Right, yeah. If Halo Infinite comes out and it disappoints on a similar level as those games, then I think you have a huge problem on your hands because this sure. is a game that you've, been, that, that you've been chalking up as your flagship franchise for Xbox Series X and for xbox studios and it is a game that historically is just so important to xbox in that audience and everybody wants halo to succeed everybody wants halo to be good because halo is the thing that kind of uh halo is kind of the thing that that audience kind of connects to like in a way where if nintendo launched a console with a bad mario game you know i think that that sets the tone that like that that's that you know starts things off at such a bad precedent that it 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 muddies the message of the console as a whole cool. and i i don't think halo infinite can come out and do that and so i think 
that game is important from from that sense and also from the sense that if that game comes out and it is successful and it is game of the year level and everybody's talking about it and everybody's obsessed with it i think that also does um uplift the whole message of xbox series x in a way especially especially starting off that that xbox studios library for xbox series x um but i i I almost feel like they have more to lose with halo infinite than they have more to gain because i think that failure would be kind of devastating in terms of what the 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 talk around series x ends up being i'm with you that i mean we know nothing really about halo infinite right but i am incredibly excited for halo infinite because i understand and xbox understands what is on that game's shoulders and so that really does make me think that they're going to rise to the occasion and deliver something that i'm going to really really want to play because i've what i've played reach in halo i played halo reach and then i played one of them i mean you played the best one so it's fine Okay, cool. Maybe ODST. I think I did with Steimer at one point. Like, I mean, they all blur together because it's whatever. I did the one where Cortana died, kind of, but maybe she didn't, and we were fighting a purple guy. Like, it's that thing where I have no attachment to Halo, right? Eventually, we have to do that Halo, uh, Halo Combat Evolved playthrough with Tim, right? But I'm still looking forward to this game. I can't wait to see what this game looks like. I hope it's fucking awesome. I can't wait to jump into it and be a part of it. And so I think with that much hype already on it, yeah, they need to. I do, I'm do. i with you that I don't think it's the most important game. I do think Halo was. Because, I mean, I understand that like we're, our, I'm ancient. You're not. You're young and hell. You'll, you'll be alive another 30 years, blessing. Um, 30? Yeah, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check out here in the next that, five I mean, that's hopeful. About that's hopeful. Yeah. Uh, but like, I mean, remember when the Xbox launched and it was like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? Like, why is Microsoft getting in? Why is this box so big? Why is this controller so big? And it was that Halo was the game on it, right? That was like, wait a second. Holy shit, this is fucking great. Let alone Halo 2. And I mean, that's off to the races, but it established them and kept them going. So it's like, this one, I think there's a lot on Halo Infinite. But again... I think if, if it came out and it was Garbo, and, it, and even on Garbo, I mean, I'm throwing that around or whatever, uh, loosely, if it was Garbo and people didn't like it, I still think the pomp and circumstance of an Xbox Series X and what they're trying to achieve here would get that under a lot of TVs. And I think a lot of people would already be buying those things. And maybe we're, they're right back to the same situation they're in now where it's a shitty launch and they keep going and PlayStation just has a runaway success. But I don't think Xbox... I think Xbox is way smarter than that. And Phil and team, no. They wouldn't be putting Halo out if they didn't believe in Halo in that way and putting it out at that game. Um, real quick, uh, before we move on, Kebabs corrects me and you're wrong. It says, IGN's original review for Fallout 76 gave it a 5 out of 10. The 6.5 out of 10 is for Wastelanders update. Thank you very much. Oh. Number two on the Roper Report, Animal Crossing is getting some updates. This is our friend, Alessandro, over at GameSpot. Animal Crossing New Horizons is getting uh, the first part of its free summer content update on July 3rd, including the ability to swim and hunt for new marine life. Wave 1 of the summer update will let you dive into the ocean from any edge of your island and let you swim around in search of new marine life that you can donate to the museum curator Blathers. This includes starfish or sea stars, uh, some other thing I'm not going to try to pronounce, and garden meals, and as seen in the trailer below. Uh, Blathers will have plenty of facts to tell you about the new finds as well. As per usual, we don't suggest bringing him a bug unless you want to scare him. The update will also introduce new, uh, I'm sorry, the mermaid crafting set, which can be obtained through interactions with Pascal. Uh, you'll be able to get the new DIY recipes from Pascal, a Red Sea otter that would appear weekly, or that would appear weekly in previous Animal Crossing entries by trading scallops with him. But it's unclear if he'll be around, around as sparsely as Red, parentheses, who was introduced in an earlier update, and, you know, sells all the art and does that stuff. There's also a new encounter with Gulliver, although exactly what the results in 
or exactly what that results in isn't made clear. Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons will uh, be getting even more free content in August as part of the second wave of the summer update, uh, with Nintendo teasing more news on it soon. It's been a stellar first-party title for both uh, Nintendo and Nintendo Switch players, with Animal Crossing New Horizons selling more than 13 million copies during its first six weeks on sale. Blessing, will swimming bring you back? No, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> but, it, I mean, it sounds like a cool update. It seems like people are excited about it on Twitter as far as I can see. Is this something oh, totally. that excites you? It does, yeah. Uh, you know, I was crazy in Animal Crossing there for a while, and then we got into this second round of reviews where we started having bigger stuff drop, and it was like being on top of it for reviews for the uh, uh, us Gamescast. Uh, and so I fell off it, you know, got kind of wrapped up in what we were doing with PS I Love You, Last of Us, all this jazz. So I've been that thing of like, oh man, especially during this stressful couple weeks it's been of like, man, I need to go back and just chill like I used to in Animal Crossing. And so I've been thinking about booting it up. Granted, we're right into the, all right, when's Ghost of Tsushima coming? When's Iron Man coming? Like there's all these other things to worry about. But I do think that when they drop this, like wedding season's going on right now, which doesn't do much for me in terms of wanting to get in and take photos or build out whatever the wedding sets it is. But the swimming stuff and having new things to collect and just more to do in the game. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be back for this when it drops on July 3rd. Is there like a dream update that you'd like for Animal Crossing? Like what's something that they could announce as an, as an update or as an event that would have you excited? Oh, I mean, for me, honestly, if you want to know, it's not even a dream because it has to happen. But when they do Halloween stuff, I'm going to be oh, crafting yeah. all of it. Oh, I'm going to want yeah. all of it. I love Halloween. That actually I might be Halloween. What? That actually might be something that could bring me back for like a day or for like a few hours. You figure we're going to go from Halloween, we're going to go straight from Halloween into uh, Christmas Thanksgiving. stuff. Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think they'll skip that. Well, they'll probably do some kind of holiday, like a replacement. But like, like it'll probably be like an egg day kind of thing where they call it I, turkey day or something. Right. Uh, Pocket Camp, I thought it had a bunch of cool, uh, uh, earnable, you know, craftable things. I wasn't crafting or how I forget how, how it worked in uh, uh, Pocket Camp, but like they had a really bu- a bunch of good Christmas stuff that you could go and buy the tree and buy the decorations and all that jazz. And like, if I can put Christmas lights on my house and crap, like fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Let alone though trick or treating, getting some costumes. Costumes. I love costumes. Ooh, is that could that be? I have you played? You played Animal Crossing before. I, I have I, played I, Animal Crossing before. Um, have you played during Halloween? Is there like a trick or treating option where you can go to the different houses and like get candy or get some kind of like recipe or something? That's a great question. I don't think so. I don't think they've Might ever done something like that. Yeah, kind of funny. Dot com slash you're wrong on that one because I have played them, but I remember in college I don't think it lined up where I think Hayes took the. I don't know if he's still living. It doesn't matter. Uh, I don't know. Is the answer on that mm-hmm. one? That'd be really cool. Yeah. Uh, number three, I have a tidbit for you. Fallout 76 Lessons Delayed Doom Eternal. This is James O'Connor at GameSpot. Uh, Doom Eternal released on March 19th to critical acclaim, parentheses, including an 8 out of 10 from GameSpot. But it was originally scheduled to release in November 2019. The game was delayed to ensure a certain level of quality. And now, thanks to a new podcast interview with Pete Hines, Bethesda's Senior Vice President of Global Marketing and Communications, we know why. Talking to U.S. Gamer for the site's Branching Narratives podcast, Hines has reflected on the reception of Fallout 76 received at launch and how that influenced the development and release of Doom Eternal as well as the Fallout 76 Wastelanders expansion. Quote, we said these are not ready and we're not going to make another mistake. And we're going to take the extra time even though that time hurts and is painful and and you miss a holiday, Hines reflects. Ultimately, he believes that the delay was worth it, even if Doom Eternal uh, missed a cr- Christmas release. Quote, Derm- Doom-, Derm- Doom Eternal uh, was so much better for it, and the response to Wastelanders was so much better for the extra time, he says. Elsewhere in the interview, Hines talks about Arcane's upcoming Deathloop, citing it as an example of a studio trying something new. 
Quote, even if it's just a one-off and they go back to doing other things, uh, they're still better for the experience and they take away new learnings, he says. He also reflects on the many ways people have tried to get information about Starfield and the Elder Scrolls uh, 6 out of him, uh, as well as his friends and family on the team. Or quote, yeah, I'm not telling you anything, he says. Old Pete Hines tapping his leg before he, when he's on stage for us. We got to do something. We got to. Oh, no, oh, God, there's no E3. <laughs> yeah, I was like, we, we got to do something better this year. Oh, wait, there's no fucking E3 this year. Shit, that sucks. That sucks. Uh, and you're wrong. Private, Private Ennis tra- says this. You know, collect candy for Halloween themed items in New Leaf, I think. But did you trick or treat was the question. Did yeah. you go over there? You go from house to house. Trick or treat. Because that'd be a cool feature. I'm in here with um, fast information. Regarding this, this Bethesda stuff, like I yeah. think that's really awesome. Like uh, that's good to hear. I've had such an arc with Bethesda in terms of how I felt about their their output over this last generation because, you know, with uh with Fallout Four and in Fallout Four, I'm I'm citing as like a, a good game because I really like Fallout Four. But like with Fallout Four and Doom and Dishonored Two, um and like a couple other games, like they had such a great run of games from like the beginning to to mid generation. And then I feel like out of nowhere for them, things kind of dipped in terms of Fallout 76, Wolfenstein, uh, Youngblood. Um, I feel like there's one game that I'm probably I'm, I'm, I'm missing in there. But like they had kind of a, an off year uh, mm. a bit there in, in like 2018. Um, and I don't know. I like to see Bethesda succeed. I like to see them, you know, put out really great games because all the IP they have there are games that so many people care about. Right, like everybody cares about Skyrim, everybody or uh, Elder Scrolls. So many people care about Fallout. So many people care about Doom and Wolfenstein and and, and all these other games that they, that they have in their pocket. That um, to hear to, to hear them go like, "Hey, yeah, we made some we made some mistakes, and we like we want to treat our future games going forward better because we don't want to fuck up again." I think that's that that's really good to hear, uh, especially with Deathloop on the horizon and uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Like those are games right. that look really cool and that I want to be really good, and so. Uh, this is all good news. Blessing. I'm excited for Death Loop. Sounds cool. Same. Going out there killing people. You know, looping your death and all that stuff. But it's still so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grab shops, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, Mr. Driller, Drill Land on Switch, Tower of Time on Switch, Observation on Xbox One, The Almost Gone on Switch and PC, Keen, One Girl Army on PC and Mac, uh, Brigadine, uh, The Legend of Runesia, Runerisia is on Switch, Blair Witch is on Switch, The Messenger is on Xbox One, Maiden Tower is on Switch, Grim Shade is on Switch, uh, Polid Saga is on Switch, uh, Towaga is uh, Among Shadows is on Switch, Urban Trial Tricky is on Switch, Pachi Pachi on a roll is on Switch. Uh, United is on Switch. The Forgotten Land is on Switch. Iron Wings is on Switch. Poop Die Chapter 1 is on Switch. Uh, Collar Cross Malice is on Switch. Truck and Logistics Simulator is on Switch. God Hates Us is on PC. Mert Tales of the Cold Land is on PC and Mac. And Controls the Foundation Expansion is now on Xbox One. Uh, new dates for you. Uh, short form narrative game We Should Talk launches on July 16th on Steam, Switch, and Xbox One. It'll be on PS4 shortly after. Uh, Tales of Arise will be moving out of its 2020 launch window. It's been delayed. Uh, Revolution that's Software. On, that's on my um, Tales of Arise, I believe, might be on my um, my fantasy draft. 
my or my fantasy critic uh draft oh well let's check in there let's just see because yeah. i want you or to you know what it might it might also be i have a, i have a few fantasy drafts going on so it might I, be on say, I don't think it is let's see let's see rap star games yeah. rap star games has cyberpunk iron man vr neo uh S- lego star wars tales of arise there it is fuck damn it ah <laughs> you got damn, played suck it blood I got played. Now you can drop games though, can't you? Or can you not drop games? Yeah, you can drop a game. I think there's. I did we do we have that on as a setting? Because I think that's the thing you had to turn on at the beginning of the draft. And I don't know if we had that as a. Yeah, when I click on the thing, it says if you want to, you can use this to drop a game. Your league settings determine how often you can do this. They're processed Sunday night. Oh, all right. In that case, don't mind me. I'm just gonna move around a thing or two. Greg, I I guess you probably got got yourself there. You no, 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 because there's, don't get me wrong, when I can sneak by and, well, first off, I don't think, I don't know if dropping the game gives you back the budget you spent on it. Because Blessing still has zero dollars, right? On this thing. Remember, you can go right now to kindoffunny.com oh, yeah. or you can go to kindoffunny.com slash PS League and see us in our uh, PS I Love You XOXO Fantasy League we have here with uh, Dornbush, Geo, uh, Cali from GameSpot, me and Blessing. And so, yeah, you can do it. You're just going to have less money. I don't, I don't mind when I sneak in and get a pick somebody who was sleeping on, uh, Barrett, but I, I don't want to make people think they can't shake up their now, roster here and get stuff. I do believe you but, might be able to bet $0 on a game or bid $0 no, on a game. Really? I, I, Somebody told me this the other day, and it, it, it upset me a little bit, but also made me go like, huh, I might keep that in my back pocket. Well, it's one of those things. Here's the thing. You and I uh, are, Dornbush is too, but you and I are the ones who are actively doing this the most. Like, we can have yeah. the gentleman's agreement. We have to bid at least a dollar. Which I, I mean, agree. I think I, I think I should know. be the thing because I, I have a dollar still, and you have zero dollars. I don't know how I feel about all that. Well, I'm sorry, sir. Like, we just made the gentleman's agreement. Amy Gill saw it. It's real. It's happened now. That's I am like, not a gentleman. <laughs> I am a rude boy. Uh, <laughs> Beyond a Steel Sky is launching on Apple Arcade tomorrow and uh, with PC to fl- follow in July. Jeez. And then CD Projekt, Trigger, and Netflix announced today that Cyberpunk Edge Runners is coming in 2022. It is an anime in the Cyberpunk 2077 universe. Hell yeah. That should be fun and cool. Uh, deals of the day for you. Uh, this is straight from Twitch. Twitch Prime July games have been announced. Uh, for, these are free games for you. Uh, looking for fun away from the sun? Twitch Prime has you covered. In July, Prime members can claim the following games for free. Retro first-person shooter, Tarak 2, Seeds of Evil. Adventure game, Dear Esther. Uh, hardcore racing game, Grip Combat Racing. Action platformer, uh, Kune. And RPG, Dark Devotion. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, if you have Amazon Prime, like many of you podcast listeners probably have, you have Twitch Prime. You link your accounts together, you can get free games, and you get a free 30-day subscription to give away to a streamer of your choice. Kind of funny games. Would love that if you could come give it to us. Remember, it doesn't auto-renew. They want to keep taking this money from you. It's part of your... They don't want you to remember to go use it. So really, you're you know falling into Amazon's trap. Don't fall into the trap. Come give it to us or any of the other people you want. But like us first and then go give it to other people. Maybe give it to Barrett. Sad boy Barrett on Twitch. Yeah. It's time for Reader Mail. You can write into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, Greg Way, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Purple Mattress. Uh, technology has approved just about everything. Phones, cars, shopping, yet mattresses have been more or less the same since the invention of sleep. But we deserve better. And finally, the mattress has evolved thanks to Purple. The secret is pur- I'm sorry, the secret to Purple is the Purple Grid. It's a patented comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style. 
Purple is for every body, no matter how you sleep. Purple is designed with over 2,800 open-air channels and naturally temperature-neutral gel. You'll never sleep too hot or too cold. Uh, the Purple mattress is soft where you want it, firm where you need it, and comfortably cool all over. It's the mattress that does it all. Uh, we love Purple Mattress, of course, because the one and only Tim Geddes has a purple pillow he's been using. Uh, he keeps telling me to buy it because he hears me complain about my pillows. I need to, but Tim uses it. It keeps him nice and cool. It doesn't get too hot. He doesn't have to flip the pillow. It's perfect because of those purple air channels we were talking about. You can count on resting easy night after night, year after year, because the ultra-durable purple grid won't sink or lose shape. Purple is so confident in what they do that every purple mattress comes with free shipping and returns and a risk-free 100-night trial. Experience the next generation, um, no, the next evolution of sleep. Go to purple.com slash games and use the promo code games for a limited time. Uh, you'll get $150 off any purple mattress order of $1,500 or more. That's purple.com slash games, promo code games for $150 off any mattress order of $1,500 or more terms apply. Blessing. Greg. Anon writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, are video games supposed to be fun? While discussing a very polarizing game with a friend, she said the game was terrible because she wasn't having fun. And I told her video games didn't have to be fun because they are a form of media like movies, TV, music, etc. But she claims video games have to be fun because the nature games, because by nature, games are meant to be fun. So what do you think? Do video games have to be fun or not? That's a very deep question. It is. That's a, that's, that's, like that's a very deep question. That almost feels like it's philosophical. Um, <laughs> it's really the intent of what they're trying, what the developer's going for, right? I'd say so. I so but are video me, games supposed to be fun, Barrett? Don't don't try to wheeze a lot of yeah, it. Yeah, it's a game, Barrett. If it's you a game, step in, you wanted to step into Thunderdome here. You have an answer, yes I, or no? Yeah, are, Barrett. Are tell us. To be there fun, is Barrett? no yes or yes or no. It's a case by case basis. Go work in it, PR, you sneak, <laughs> <laughs> slithering out of the question. Yeah. Uh, for me, I don't think games need to be fun. I think games should be engaging. Like, and I and I and I think there's a difference there. I think it's a difficult kind of thing to balance because when I think of a game like Death Stranding, and, and I think this conversation, in fact, came up a lot with Death Stranding because a lot mm -hmm. of people were saying that, like, Death Stranding isn't fun a lot of the time, but, like, the gameplay loop there can be engaging. Um, I think games should take you along for the ride. I think games shouldn't be... I don't even want to say they shouldn't be boring because if you want to be boring, like, be boring. I think there's context in which that, that can work and be fine. Um, I don't know. I honestly, to what Barrett's saying, right? It's like a case by case basis. A lot of times, I don't really find Life is Strange to be fun, and Life is Strange is a game that I absolutely love. I wouldn't describe it as a fun game. I'd describe it as an engaging story, or I'd describe it as a story that I'm I'm, I'm super into. Sure. Um, but yeah, like in in comparison to other to other mediums, right? Like I don't always think TV shows are fun, quote unquote, right? Like yeah. I was watching. Uh, I just watched the first episode of Devs actually because I realized that Devs is on uh, Hulu, and I remember. I think it was Andy that was like tweeting a lot about Devs, and so I watched the first episode. And that first episode is kind of like intense and serious and um, uh, kind of trippy. I don't think I'd use the word fun to describe that first episode of Devs, and sure. I and I think that can translate to video games, right? Like if video games are doing something that is. <sighs> I don't know, 
if, if a game is trying to engross you in a specific type of story or any specific type of experience or try to do something that is meant to be beyond the realms of like hey you know i'm i'm, I'm mario right now and i'm and i'm killing goombas or hey or i'm jumping on goombas or i'm hey i'm doom slayer right now and i'm and i'm killing demons right I'm like jumping on demons <laughs> and i'm jumping on demons like a lot of the time that stuff is, that stuff is fun and even a lot of times a game like last of Us part two i would say that game is fun a lot of the time even though at the same time that game can be, be a harrowing experience sure i don't think I don't think all games need to have that though. I don't think all games need to have a loop that like that you're in that you are um you know in interacting with on a super mechanical level or that you are um I don't know having something that you would describe as this is fun. I think you you drop it in there right. I, for, for me personally like our video game is supposed to be fun. I think if and no offense to your friend but like the answer of yes they're supposed to be fun I think is antiquated and I think that is a reductive look at what video games started as where you know pong and mario and i know mario wasn't like the second fucking game just stick with me uh donkey kong pac-man like those were games that were looked at as games distractions things to just waste your time with to eat a quarter while you waited for your pizza or while you waited for your friends or whatever like i think at their onset that's what games are i think by calling them games you it's the same way of like when you're a kid and you go play games in the front yard and you're playing tag or you're playing hide and seek or you're you know making something up like i think that carries with it that yes this is supposed to be fun but i don't think that's representative of what video games are in 2020 and i know there's occasionally it'll go through with some people like we should stop calling them video games and start calling them i forget if it's interactive media or something like that or some experience in that is trying to wrap its head around this where I think, you know, uh, games can make you cry and games can make you uh, rethink the way you view the world and games can make you, you know, I always think that games are the most, personally, the most powerful uh, device to put you in someone else's shoes and make you understand what it's like to live as that person, live as that, uh, uh, you know, different minority or whatever. So you yeah. understand a bit more something that you, I don't understand is a 37 year old white dude. Right. Um, and in those things, yeah, it's fun to go through and problem solve. It's it's it can be fun to do you know, in Last of Us to do the stealth sections of it or collect cards or something. There's fun to it there, but I think to say that games have to be fun is reductive in a in a in a way that takes away from it as an art. Where you know, Gone Home at no point was fun. It was always engaging and entertaining and interesting, but it did. It's the same way of like back to what you're talking about with movies right like when i watch la llorona i'm not like oh man this is a fun movie i'm like no this is a scary movie i'm meant to be on edge i'm meant to be uneasy as i play or i watch this right i think games yeah. are the same way and it's just dealing with that archaic definition of what a game is and then dealing with what games have become in terms of narrative story experience yeah and it's, it's i think it being an interactive medium presents an interesting not dilemma, but an interesting point of conversation of what is fun and what isn't fun. Because yeah. I, I was thinking about Gone Home as an example too, and I think you, I think if you want to extrapolate it, you can make the argument that in Gone Home, you know, perusing through that house and like reading, reading what's going on and trying to figure out, you know, what's happening in this game, you can make the argument that that is a fun experience. I think you can make the argument that even inside as a game that I wouldn't describe on on the offset as a fun game. Looking at it yeah. like puzzle solving is fun and like mechanically I, I think that game does things that are that you can describe as fun and i'm sure i can go from game to game and 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 pull out like find right, the fun in it yeah like find the the fun in it but i think to what you're saying also fun is kind of a 
reductive word when yeah. I think I, I think there's another word for like something that is engaging or something that, that is just pulling you along for the ride or something that is not allowing itself to get stale. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I think I think video games should be that. Uh, I think video games should do a good job of, of not becoming stale or, or, or not bringing you along for the ride. Um, but I think, yeah, there are ways, there are ways to do that, to, to do that, that don't fall in that, um, uh, that traditional idea of what fun is. Agreed. Uh, it's time to squat up. And this is where one of you writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Give me your name, username, platform choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and play with you. Steve Nelson. I'm sorry. Steven Nelson needs help on Xbox. His Xbox name is a boy in the woods. Uh, my 25th birthday is on Monday, the 29th. So to celebrate, I'm going to play through some of my favorite Halo campaigns on Sunday and Monday. If any kind of funny best friends want to join noble team or drop fleet first into hell with me or drop feet first into hell with me uh, as I cross the quarter of a century threshold or play some Halo Infinite when the time comes hit me up I'm in the Pacific time zone for reference thanks uh, for all that you guys do Steven if you want to play some Halo with Steven a boy in the woods on Xbox you can go wish Steven a happy happy birthday uh, time for your wrong. Of course, this is where people watching live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. Kebabs has more information for us on trick or treating and Animal Crossing. Trick or treating sort of happened in New Leaf, but only for the villagers and not at all for and not at your house. Uh, just as you were walking by, like when they give you emotes or their spare clothes, you'd be asked a question. And if you got the answer right, uh, you got a reward. Uh, if you got it wrong, you got something unpleasant. My friend can't remember what it is. <laughs> was. All right. Uh, Nano says, uh, did we miss games with gold for July? We did. I didn't see it on the Xbox wire. Uh, but Major Nelson reports that the Xbox games with gold for July have been revealed. Uh, you can get WRC 8 FIA World Rally Championship on Xbox One July 1 to the 31st. Uh, Dunk Lords, uh, July 16th to August 15th on Xbox One. Saints Row 2 uh, yeah. on Xbox One and Xbox 360, July 1 to 15. And then Juju, uh, available July 16th to the 31st on Xbox One and Xbox 360. I love uh, Saints Row 3 and 4. I've actually never played Saints Row 2, and that's one that's really? like a, a, cult, a cult classic, yeah. And so I might, I might give this a shot now that it's on Games of Gold. Uh, Arvel says, I don't want to advocate for Amazon here, but they do tell you to resub once your monthly sub runs out. Uh, they even tell you how many days are le- still running on the clock until the next resub. Uh, smiley emoji. Arvel, shut the fuck up and don't try to take money out of my pocket. All right, you're talking about on Twitch, right? On Twitch, it says how many days you have left. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? It I'm talking about you. the person right now working on their fucking tractor who doesn't use Twitch. Who says, oh, I'll go support my friends kind of funny. I'll go, I'll log in on my phone right now to Amazon. Then I'll log into Twitch. I'll make a Twitch name. I'll support kind of funny games with my free sub. Then I'll go back to my life that doesn't involve Twitch. Twitch at no point drops an email going, hey, hey, your sub's running out. You know what I mean? That guy on his tractor in Australia, he thinks he's still supporting us three months from now. You know what we're getting, Arvel? Nothing. His name? His name is Dingo. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. He's named after the Dingo his mom saw outside in Australia. I know him. I grew up with him. <laughs> this man Dingo doesn't know that he didn't support us, Arvel. So you just you now owe me an extra fifteen dollars for the three months his subscription was lost. Arvel, don't feel the need to do that, please. Do you understand? No, Arvel, do it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Blessing, for being on my side. Barrett. Of course. When you go to the unemployment office, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. All right. God. <laughs> That's not a gross one. Uh, 
No, it, was, it was just intense, though. It was intense. <laughs> is that is that like a, a saying that's been said, or is that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I definitely grew up people saying that to you. Not like it was more like parents talking to kids. Don't let the <laughs> don't let the good lord don't let the door hit you where the good lord split you. Oh, goodness gracious. That's really good. <laughs> Yo, somebody says Amazon sent me a letter in the mail saying I have never used Prime Video. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow it'll be me and Tim to close out your week here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games for kind of funny games daily. Remember, we're live each and every weekday, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. You can get the show later, youtube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services around the globe. No matter where you get it, consider going to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to give us your questions, your comments, get the show ad free, and get the post show we are about to do. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.